Power Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And we're continuing an important conversation today on the sexual harassment allegations and sexual assault. There's so so much happening. The allegations against film giant Harvey Weinstein sparked this online movement in which women use that Me Too hashtag on social media. And it took the lid off of decades of secrecy and oppression in the workplace. And the stories are continuing to come forward. They're continuing to come out. That shadow is rising both individually and collectively. So what is the masculine perspective on the shadow that is surfacing and the allegations being made? What do men believe is acceptable or not? How are they responding to their friends and coworkers? Well, stay tuned for this important conversation. We are at a watershed moment in history, and it's time for us to heal, to listen deeply, time for compassion. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart, and settle in to your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guests and co-hosts today, again, my daughter Quincy and producer Remy Smith. Welcome, Quincy and Remy. (laughs) Hi, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Uh, I always enjoy our conversations when I have you guys on, and I feel like you're my co-hosts, and we just have a, a great conversation. And what a big topic. Uh, we did a show last week, and, and since then, even more is coming to the surface in the, the public's eye. So this, this issue is so big, it's asking for our tender, compassionate care and wisdom and moving forward to really heal. But I'm just, I'm, I'm really kind of interested in the, the male perspective, and I've been paying attention all week long, and so... Um, I, I want to add a few things of what I'm hearing and, and what I'm seeing from from other men, from coworkers, and and also from some women. I have to tell you, I'm going to start with this, Remy, but last week, um, after, um, oh, what's his name? Matt Lauer. After Matt Lauer was fired, was that Tuesday morning right away or Wednesday morning? Maybe it was Wednesday morning, Tuesday morning. I don't remember. Anyway. I had a friend say, enough already. I'm so tired of this. We just need to learn how to slap their hands and get on with it. And I was like really stunned by that response. And yet, you know, people are like, oh, not Matt Lauer. And then they started hearing the details and went, oh, my gosh, okay, this is big stuff. So there is so much. It's fatiguing at times. But. I'm just curious, Remy. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what our conversation does today. But just give us an overview of what you've been going through over the last couple of months as all of this has unfolded. Yeah, it's um definitely it's nothing you can avoid or or get around anymore these days. There's so many 
allegations and so many people coming forward and famous people and uh, the same the same here i saw on facebook somebody was like no not matt lauer i don't believe it for a second and then you know you you hear all the details of it and it's like well when when several women come forward and say that this behavior has been going on it's like yeah of course you believe it and um yeah you know my opinion is that uh you'd be hard pressed to find a guy out there anyone that is not guilty or, or is you know is not guilty of some kind of indiscretion or or you know sexual abuse or sexual harassment at, at some point it's uh it's ingrained in our culture it's ingrained in in the way we grow up you know it's uh and we've all known it for for years and stuff but i th- i think the most important thing is um to start recognizing it. And, and again, like you said, the healing and, and also the changing behaviors. Um, you know, you can be, you can be mm-hmm. a good person and still be guilty of some of these things. And even if it's just making a coworker or a friend uncomfortable with a comment or, you know, a, a touch, you know, anything that's unwanted is, uh, is defined as sexual abuse or assault. And so we have to be very careful with how we, we treat each other and, um, and just be aware of it as, as men. That's, that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. You know, you, you said something important, Remy. You said we've all known about it for years. And it's like yeah. that piece in itself is really important as we move forward because, you know, I think men are really like looking at – um, well, there's lots of different responses, and but the one of taking ownership here, I'm hearing you say, okay, guys, it's time for us to take ownership. Yeah. Um, there's There's been this acceptance, the good old boy club, the, you know, whatever we want to call that, but I'm hearing a, a big commitment from those that want to take ownership to call out that behavior, like to, to call each other out, to, to listen more deeply take women seriously, teach our kids, teach our sons to, to honor and respect women, but really to begin to call each other out. Absolutely. It, yeah. Is that, is that easy? I uh, mean, is that, that's to, a guy thing. Is that, it depends. It, yeah. it really depends. It's sometimes it's not easy. Um, if you're good friends with somebody to see them act inappropriately and to call them out on it. Um, as a bartender, I see it all the time. Uh, and I've got a great story from just a week and a half ago. It was a Saturday night and there was a guy at the bar and he had had a few beers and you could tell that, um, he was a little buzzed. I wouldn't say he was drunk, but he was buzzed and he was just kind of hanging out in front of my well and waiting for women to come up. And when the women would come up and order, he would slide on in and start talking to them, but he was using his hands, touching them on the back, touching them on the shoulder in a very familiar way. And you could just tell by the body language of these women that they were creeped out by him. And, and I didn't say anything at first and I th- he must've done it to two or three different women and they just kind of, you know, shoot him away or got their drinks and left. But you know, he was obviously making a nuisance of himself. It was unwanted. And then finally he, uh, two two girls came up girlfriends and they you know he's he's talking to the one and you can see by her body language she keeps moving away and you know she's she's leaning away from him and and whatever and so i kind of give her a look like are you okay and she gives me a look back like just rolled her eyes and was like yeah 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 you know you're in a nightclub you you get used to it kind of thing she's deflecting you know she didn't stand up for herself and say hey quit touching me or hey quit talking to me or hey i'm just not that interested or anything like that she just kind of let it go 
Well, then she finally turned her back on him and started talking to somebody else. And so he moved right on to the girlfriend and she's on her phone and he went to touch her phone and she kind of pulled it back and gave him a shocked look. And that's when I had had enough. I was like, I was like, hey, cut it out. And he goes, what? I'm like, you know exactly what. Cut it out. You've been standing here for a couple hours now, creeping out all these girls. He's like, what? I was just joking. I'm like, well, it's not funny. They're not interested. Just, you know, either cut it out or leave. And he got all flustered and, you know, he was shocked that he had been called out on it. But, you know, I knew I was right. The girls kind of looked at me in surprise and he left. He ended up just walking out of the bar and they were like, oh, my God, thank you. Who's being a creep? I'm like, you know, it's, you know, I saw it and I decided to say something, but um, I really would love to see women empower themselves more to stop it. You know, to mm. put put your hand up and, and say, hey, sorry, I'm not interested in you. Quit talking to me. Don't touch me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and I'd love to hear you jump in on this because I think this is an important piece of finding the voice. But but in the service industry, it's like, oh, that's the norm, right? You're hanging out. You're having drinks. You're inviting it or you're asking for it, which is so not true. But what about that woman's voice? Well, yeah, as you're talking, Remy, I started getting very passionate about, uh, I just thought this is a two-way street for men and women. Yes, for men to be aware that they don't have um, royalty over touching anybody and everybody, but also for the women to speak up for themselves, to say, no, you know, like, why should we be having men live in fear of getting a sexual harassment case when no woman, like the woman involved, didn't say anything to them. Now, I know there's, this is probably a sticky situation for, um, you know, certain, every case is different. Who knows, you know, who that gentleman is, but I, it is a huge piece. I don't understand the mentality of why we just let it go, even though it's unwanted. Um, I... I really don't understand why we're afraid to speak up because it really is and can be so easy just to say, please don't touch me. Yeah, but what and about <laughs> men in power? Because this is an important piece. There's, Yeah, there's a creeper guy in a bar that's making inappropriate touching or comments or whatever. But then what about these positions of power, like your boss? Your, you know, when, when it comes to, uh, well, there's a lot of different situations, but men in positions of power over women, is it that easy? And and do we look the other way? There's like, okay, so I'm going to jump in here because this, Quincy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the devil's advocate and throw it right back again because, you know, over the last couple of weeks, this the Alabama state auditor, that Jim Ziegler, defended more by saying, well, the Virgin Mary was a teenager when she married Joseph. <laughs> and then another one of his Republicans that, that was from Alabama. I don't remember. I think it was Ed Henry said that that women should be prosecuted for waiting to report their allegations. Now, the ones that are in the media are not just this casual bar type thing. They're really powerful men having power over women, and the women are saying no and continuing to be violated or, or what have you. So where do we draw that line? And so the, the voice, the women's voice is an important piece. A lot of women, I'm going to tell you another story. See, I think this is so fascinating that so many of these women 
who have been abused as children have already learned to silence this, to silence the behavior. Many don't even know what sexual abuse is until later in life when they're taught. And then they go, oh my God, well, that happened to me. You know, no wonder I felt so bad. But so women are learned, the victims, former victims, child victims, learn to silence that from an early age. So, so we got a couple things going here. Is, but, but this issue of power and men having power over women, um, yeah, what's, what's your perspective on that? It's scary because, you know, your your career is on the line. <laughs> you know, you think about you think about these these women who are, you know, producers or actresses or, you know, they're they're trying to get ahead in a world that is male dominated and and then they get hit on by their boss or something, you know, really inappropriate happens or, you know, the, they're scared to say no, they're scared to go tell anybody because, you know, what if it ruins their career? And I think that that is why this this movement that's taking place now is so important because it's like, you don't have to be scared anymore. Now it's, now it's the men who should be scared for acting like, like creeps, like jerks, like, you know, by using their power to try and get something sexual, they're, they're putting their careers on the line because, you know, the culture is changing. We're not going to stand for it anymore as, as a, um, you know, as a people <laughs> yeah, collectively. And I think it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. So when I hear people rolling their eyes and getting mad because they're they're sick of hearing about another one, it's like no, out them all, out them all, and you need to you need to own up for your past actions. And these apologies, some of the apologies are are not good enough at all. And that's that's a tricky one for me to say too because it's not my job to sit here and accept or reject an apology for what you've done to somebody else it's only the victims that can accept or reject the apology but i've read some of the apologies from these famous people and it's like that's not an apology at all that doesn't sound like an apology it's you know you're obfuscating and you're you're trying to uh trying to say oh you know yeah i made a mistake but i'm still great you know it's like everybody makes mistakes but i'm still Mm -hmm. great it's like that doesn't cut it for me and you know again the it's the victim's choice to accept or reject the apologies, but uh, it doesn't uh, make them look any better in in my eyes. And specifically, I'm talking about uh, Kevin Spacey and Louis C.K. Their apologies did not uh, did not seem like genuine apologies to me. Do you know what I've um, read? Um, how thirty like thirty five powerful men since Weinstein. Mm-hmm like last week sometime and there's more coming. Oh yeah. It's like that's a lot of really big powerful men and when you think about those apologies I agree um with I'm I'm not even going to say who it was but I read one apology and I went, "Oh, wow. Okay, this guy's taking ownership. He's taking responsibility." And and he he did say, "Well, you know, I, I, I did most of it, but I didn't do all of it, you know. That's it. But then you start hearing what the accusations are, mm-hmm. and they're, like, horrific. Yeah. They're, like, horrific. So, yeah. What about guys in power, Q? Well, I was just thinking, like, how, I just, why? Why men in power, why do they want to be sexual predators? <laughs> like, what is it? What is that? Is that a, a power, like I can have anything that I want kind of a thing? Like I don't really, 
it's really just really interesting that all of this is coming up. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a whole nother show. We, we, probably could get into it because literally we're talking about number one a personality profile and then some psychopathology because power is addictive and a lot of people in power and with narcissistic threads and what have you will use that power in a lot of different ways so some of these guys are predators because of a very a very sick illness you know, and, and we, we use the power in a lot of different ways over people. Others, who knows? I, you know, I, I can't diagnose them. But this is an important piece. And I think even when we're talking about your examples of the bar, Remy, mm-hmm. and you both have been service, um, working in the service industry, that even th- what you did a week and a half ago with the guy saying, hey, cut it out or leave, is... A- <laughs> is an important step that we're not going to accept it with any man not just the men in power not just this pathological piece that's coming forth and emerging but really in all of our relationships it's about honoring and respecting now you know it's it's really time to to really own up and and practice that golden rule like like Literally, and you know, men are being abused too. It's it's just it goes both ways. Women are abusing uh, abusers. Men are victims, just the same way, not in the same numbers. But yeah, that's a good question, and and I think there's a lot of reasons why men in power abuse that power. But but even that bar side um, behavior is important to call people out. Absolutely, and you know, being in the bar industry for the past decade and plus um you know it's a it's a different kind of animal when you're when you're working with coworkers. um there's there's a lot of uh smacks on the behinds um shoulder rubs uh some of it is is wanted and and accepted and and playful and fun and and then you think back and you're like mm, i bet you some of it is not i bet you some of it is just you know uh, especially the women, like just kind of laughing it off and like, oh, you know, it's the bar industry and boys will be boys and stuff like that. So, um, I, I again, you know, I think I think all guys are guilty of some sort of harassment or abuse at some kind of thing. So it's it's been an opportunity for me to look deeply at myself and my relationships with my friends and coworkers and go, I don't want to make my friends and coworkers uncomfortable, and so I'm going to make a conscious effort to to not do that kind of stuff. Um, because I'd rather be on the safe side than be playful and, and have it be wanted. Does that make sense? Mm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. there, there, I, there's a fine line between playing around and, and, and even flirting. You know, there's, there's lots of sexual talk behind the bar between coworkers. There's lots of flirting and stuff like that. But how much of that is really wanted? You know, it's like eh, if you say something that makes somebody feel uncomfortable, that's, um, that's harassment. So check it. Quincy, I would love to hear your response to that. Is it wanted? Is it playful? Or is it you smile it off and go, ugh, guys? What, what, what's, your, what's your perspective and, and from you and your friends? You've been in the service industry. I'm sure you're, yeah. you're around that. What, what do you think? Well, yeah, it's only, for the most part, it's just playful. And I would hope that yeah, it's such a fine line to say, you know, if some man says something, like sometimes girls give it back. So just to say that it's 
assault or harassment, or not assault, but a harassment, um, it's such a fine line. And this is where it comes, this is where our voice comes in. So, like, of course I've been, you know, some guy makes this comment and I just like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. It's kind of like fluff it off. Because in that moment, it may not be worth it to be like, excuse me, don't say that to me. It didn't, it didn't, um, I guess it, it wasn't as bad or it wasn't bad enough to say something, but at the same time, uh, I don't know, this is such a tricky, it's, it a is tricky, tricky, tricky topic because it's not all harassment. Like some of it is just flirting and having fun and just being, you know, I think at, at the point where it would cross, like words are words. And if it, they bother you, like say something, but if it starts getting uncomfortable and then starts progressing into, you know, touching or whatever, then I think that's the point. Like if it's not wanted, then say something. Or even if it's, you're not comfortable saying something, talk to like a manager or, you know, someone who could relay the message saying like, hey, some of your coworkers are saying, you know, they're making, you know, your comments are making them feel uncomfortable, you know, so it can be anonymous if it, if it does feel unsafe or awkward, uncomfortable to say something. Because I get it, like you're going to be working with them and you <laughs> You know, sometimes that is an awkward, it is an awkward conversation yeah. or an awkward, yeah. It, it really, it, to me, it comes down to the dialogue and opening up conversations. And, and so I, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of my female coworkers, I've, I've gotten into this discussion with them and been like, hey, listen, if I ever make you feel uncomfortable, please say something to me. Um, I want you to feel like you can. You know, because yeah. I would hate for you to keep that inside, even if it's just a little thing, even if it, you know, just be like, hey, cool it, you know, any, any kind of like tone it down. Cause uh, you know, I, fl- I flirt at work. I'm a single guy. I've gotten lots of girlfriends from, from work. Do you know what I mean? And it starts with flirting. But again, there is, there's that fine line between, oh, it's just harmful and play- playful and, and flirting. And, um, okay, that's crossing the line. Don't do that. And I think, uh, I think women are just, trained to let so much go that then guys have a hard time finding the line now you know obviously when you're uh when you're talking about harassment and and assault and and things that are over the top or or men in power going over the top with it but um but again you know i've I've, girls flirt with me girls will give me a little shoulder massage or a little smack on the behind or something like that so it it does go both ways but it, it all comes down to if it's wanted or not and hopefully what this this whole me too campaign and everything that's been coming to light is it it will give women or men who are abused or assaulted uh a voice you know to feel like it's okay to talk about it it's okay to bring it up and to say hey you're making me feel uncomfortable hey don't do that hey stop yeah i think this is an important piece because like you mentioned um there's a it's a hard it's a hard thing to find that line. And so I, and after we take a break, I would love to bring you guys back to this place because let's, let's be real about what's happening on college campuses across our country and now high school campuses. And so that line is important to find. And then flirting is flirting, but what would be clean behavior 
what would be safe, clean behavior when we're in our courting rituals, when we're in that flirting, when we're in that space. Because now, once the girl plays along, what's happening is the guys are misinterpreting it. So I appreciate you talking about communication, Remy, and bringing that in because if the women play along because it's innocent, it's flirting, what have you, then there's this boundary that gets distorted and the men are like, well, she wanted it. She asked for it. She's playing along. And and then where where do we create the boundaries? Okay, I'm going to remember that. I really want to bring this right back to this place. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Dr. Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show. We're talking about men and women in this sexual harassment conversation. We'll be right back. listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at EmpowerRadio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at EmpowerRadio.com. Dave. What are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037. So he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, alright. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take this time to breathe deeply and close your eyes. Right now, you're completely in control. Unlike the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you tried removing those raccoons from the basement. Concentrate on the soothing sound of my voice. Release the memory of when you wrestled with that beehive in your son's treehouse. Let go of the time you thought that skunk was a cat, or when you pulled into the garage with your son's bike on top of the car. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. 
A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Katie Couric. I've interviewed world leaders, CEOs, and celebrities, but my most important role has been as a mother. I've worked hard to encourage my two girls to believe in themselves. Girls with high self-esteem are better prepared to navigate life's challenges. So join me as we empower the next generation. This message was brought to you by the Alliance for Women in Media and made possible through the support of Dove and the Dove Self-Esteem Fund, working together to help girls reach their full potential to learn more go to dove.com empower radio empowering you 24 7 online at empowerradio.com now back to the dr julie show all things connected on empower radio hey welcome back hey if you're inspired by our conversation today i invite you to share it with others and do please listen to it again you can do that by visiting my website at the dr julie where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's the drjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie. Also, I'm going to be doing a program helping women heal from sexual abuse, sexual trauma of all kinds. And you can check out that program at beautifulcompost.com. We'll be starting after the first of the year. I'll be having some calls for you coming up so you can get on and learn a little bit more about it. It's a unique, um, really uh, fascinating and and different kind of experience that is nothing to um, fear. So check that out, beautifulcompost.com. I have with me today my daughter, Quincy Kroll, and my producer, Remy Smith, and we're talking about all things sexual assault, sexual harassment. And right before the break, we were talking about this line of finding this line of flirting versus crossing the line of unwanted and and what have you contact words even words words can make us so uncomfortable i remember one of my bosses um my first professional career out of of school with my master's degree and i go to work and he's saying things and i'm just sitting there squirming in my seat so uncomfortable so remy and quince i want to bring us back to where we were and i think that Going back here is an important piece because we are all called to mentor and model and teach our young people. And what I was referring to was here we have college campuses and and even high school campuses where the guys just aren't really in tune and and might be crossing that line more and more. So how do we empower girls? Um, to, you know, receive that flirting behavior, but yet speak their truth, empower their their strength and their courage, as well as empower the men and equip the men. And this is a hard, difficult thing um, because the flirting can be innocent and wonderful and a big part of our development, and yet it can cross the line and women are feeling uncomfortable and men are saying, well, they asked for it, they were playing along. And, and so we, where is that line and, and how do we draw that line? <laughs> That's an excellent question. And, and I don't <laughs> think that there is a hard and fast answer for it yet. Um, maybe someday we'll get there. But um, 
you know, again, you know, how do, how do relationships start? Well, you start by flirting and letting the other person know that you like them. And, you know, our culture is, is set up to, you know, the, the women have to play a little hard to get and the guy has to pursue and chase and, you know, and say things or do things to let them know that they're romantically involved or interested. It's, you know, it's a game that, that we all play to a certain extent and, you know, the, the relationship game, the dating game, the, the, you know, moving the progress of a relationship, you know, if you start out as friends or if you just meet somebody and, uh, and all kinds of things, I think, you know, the, the most important thing to do is to, um, to raise young women with self-esteem so that, so that they know their, their worth and that they feel empowered to, to make choices, um, based on what they want and to be able to stand up and say no when they're not interested in somebody or when they feel like the flirting has gone too far. Um, as opposed to, you know, just kind of hiding it back and, and holding back and, oh, you know, he didn't mean anything by it. It was just, just playful or just fun or whatever. And, um, to open up, our communication is, is so key. It, so many relationships fail because of communication, you know, cause it's yeah. like you like somebody because they're good looking or for, they make you laugh or whatever reason. And so you get into a relationship with them without ever really getting to know them. And then you realize once you're in the relationship that, you know, the communication is not there and there's a lot of things about the person that you don't like. And so, and, and then the, the relationship fails. Yeah. Do you want to add anything, Quincy? Yeah, um, a couple thoughts. Let me organize. Um, I think that you touched on it, Remy. I was thinking um, valuing your life, and then you'll value the other person's life and and how you treat them. And I think you know if we take this away from even sexual assault, like even words. I was thinking of you know. People say words to like mean words to people all the time. And what do we do with those words? You know, is that harassment? I know the topic is sexual harassment, but I think it's it's become such a sensitive topic. Um, and I'm not sure. You know, I, I was I was considering like, okay, so. How do we, when is the point that we do speak up and, and say something? Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, and I don't, I don't know the answer, but. Um, Let me throw a wrench in, in here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw a wrench in here because this is what brings me up. First of, first of all, I just want to qualify and, and really be really clear on this because I think all three of us are not defending child molestation or child abuse whatsoever or, or sexual assault in the workplace. None of us are advocating that. But this conversation right. is really important on this playfulness and this courting game that we play, but also how we're teaching our young people about sexuality. I had this conversation last week, and we were talking about where are our men learning about healthy sexuality and so many are learning from video games and pornography and of course there's a lot of violence that's that's inherent in that and and I, I said last week I was having a conversation and Quincy might remember this and and we were you know so many people will defend Playboy as just innocent and and art or whatever um, 
is it pornography? Is it just nudity? You know, there's this whole conversation. But what I said was, if we're looking at, if we're looking at this, let's look at it like that's the gateway drug. Just like we talk about, you know, cigarettes and then alcohol and then marijuana. It's like we have this gateway drug to addiction. And I would even suggest that that Playboy and some of these really sexually explicit video games could be the dra- the gateway drug. So communication, healthy education, we have a lot to do in our culture, don't we? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, it's, uh, you, you watch TV, even, you know, growing up in the, in the seventies and eighties, like I did, you, you'd watch TV and, and it's, everything is hypersexualized, you know, all the, all the movies and all the shows and, you know, and that's, what's given us this quote unquote rape culture <laughs> that, yeah. that we find ourselves in, you know, it's, it's designed like that guys, you know, go out and drink beer and get the hottest girl and this and that. And, and so we, we do, we need to start with teaching, teaching the next generations how to be. I think um, th- the generation that is coming of age right now and, and you know, the millennials that, that came of age in the last 10 years are, are changing things drastically. They're, you know, they're, women are more empowered now, not as, not as much as they need to be and we have a long way to go, yeah. but, you know, more often than not, it's, uh, you know, these young women are like, uh, you know, I'm not going to do things the way it's always been dead. I will tell you if I'm not interested in you, I will stand up for myself. I will um, choose how many partners I want to have. And you won't call me a slut because of it. You know what I mean? They're, they're not standing for yeah. it anymore. And it's, it's great. It's, you know, it's, it's a revolution, but it's just the beginning of it. So, yeah. Okay. And this double exactly. standard. Go ahead, Q. Go ahead. It's exactly where I, what I was thinking is that my growing up, I learned through all the messages I received that sexuality is bad. So now in my adulthood, it's like, oh, well, learning, you know, how, you know, learning about my own sexuality and I'm 30 years old. And, and there is, yes, there's, you know, Playboy, which is, you know, naughty or bad. But I think that the message needs to go deeper than that because now I feel like sexuality has been suppressed for so long, even, you know, for women especially, which is really interesting now that, you know, there's this play written. (laughs) I think it, there was so much, um, what do I want to call it? Debauchery that was like, hidden because it was considered bad. And so then it does go over the top. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole, whole different conversation, but I think even labeling anything bad or, or good, it's like, it's just, I guess learning to have a conversation about it and learning, you know, what is healthy for you. Um, for sure. And it's a, it's a case by case kind of scenario. Certain people, um, will be receptive to your flirtations and others won't, you know, and so much of that in is, is unspoken, you know, the picking up on subtle hints, you know, body language. And, you know, when you, when you say something that might be considered offensive or dirty to, to one female another one might you know smile and give you those eyes <laughs> so yeah. it's it, it it is it's a it's a case-by-case kind of scenario and it's also a, a very like 
ebb and flow intuitive kind of thing where it's not communicated vocally. It's, it's done with body language and, and things like that. When you're, when you're talking about, you know, the dating game or playing flirtatious games and stuff like that, I think where you need, where the line is drawn is up to the individual when they feel uncomfortable. And so, So, yeah, bringing it back to the dating game. Um, I was just thinking about how awkward it is to be like, I'm not interested because you don't want to hurt that person's feelings or whatever. And so even when you do give the body language of like, I'm clearly not interested, like guys don't get it. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. But yeah. The guy it's in the like, bar a couple of weeks ago, he was not getting the yeah. body language at all, was not picking up on it and stuff. And so the voice needs to be there sometimes you need yeah. to say, and we need to teach the men to not have their poor little feelings hurt when they get rejected. Rejection is not, a big deal. She's not interested yeah. in you. Move along. Do you know what I mean? For for every hundred times you get shot down, that just means that's not the right person for you. So let me dig a little deeper, Remy, because yeah. I think this is important. So I'm going to dig a little deeper, and I and Quincy, you can respond to this too. But I'm interested in the the male perspective here, Remy. Let's say that your bestie, best friend. Mm-hmm is accused of, of sexual allegations. What do you do? What do you say? Your best friend. Uh, I have lost best friends in the past for similar situations. Uh, you know, somebody that I thought was my best friend, I decided uh, after hearing all kinds of horrible stories about them that that is not somebody that I need in my life and don't want in my life. And if that's the kind of person you are, then... You can't be my best friend. You can't even be my friend. I, I, uh, I have no problem cutting somebody out of my life. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy to do. And, and then I end up kicking my, you know, the, the one friend in particular that I'm thinking about, you know, it's like I kicked myself cause I was, I was such good friends with this person for so long. And I'm like, why did I not see it? You know, the way he talks to people, the way he treats people, he treated me different. And so I overlooked, you know, some of the things that he would say and do. And then looking back on it, I was like, man, I shouldn't have even been friends with that guy. Like he doesn't deserve my friendship. My friendship is worth more than that. So, so do, so here's, here's another topic and, and Quincy, if you, I'd love to hear what you would do too, but when do we forgive and how do we heal? What if it's your dad or your brother? Like you can't just unfriend them. You know, this is this is serious stuff, and the men need our support too. Like when you asked that earlier, Quincy, and we're talking about pathology here, the men need to do some healing, and this is this is all of all of our problem. This isn't just you know throw them to the curbside. It's like how do we induce really healthy whole sacred healing for our collective psyche here because this is our time this is our time what do you do what if it's a brother or a dad or a favorite uncle you know like what's our role how do we support them silence yeah it's a, it's such a tough thing to think about to to do uh, you know luckily i am not in that position i don't have anybody in my uh personal family that you know has acted horribly or inappropriately yeah. again i think all men are guilty to some extent of yeah. at some point in time you've made a woman feel uncomfortable at the very least and and probably a lot more 
Um, but so to me, it really depends uh, upon how severe the allegations are, how severe the, you know, how, how far did it go? Was it, was it just, um, harassment or was it actual abuse? Things like that. Uh, You know, again, I, I'll cut a friend out of my life. I, I have, I, I, I can't imagine not having my brother or my father in my life, but if they were accused of something that some of these, you know, high profile men are, I would have a hard time forgiving right away. I have loved ones in my life who have been abused by loved ones. And it's a tough thing. It's, it's really a tough, tough thing to wrestle with. And I, I think that it, the, the roots of this go so much deeper into, just like we were talking before, of, of our sexual development and just our healthy development and also healing the divide between masculine and feminine and men and women and really understanding, um, just coming to this place of, of honor and respect for, for who we are as different you know who we are is different and how we are the same so this is this is a tough a tough piece Quincy did you want to add anything to the best friend father brother piece before I move on because I'm going to put Romy on the spot one more time do you want to add anything to that Uh, I was just going to say that I think it would definitely be like appropriate to have a healthy grieving period you know or it's like if it's a you know friend father, brother, etc. But at that point, it, it's hard for me to understand. It's hard for me to understand how anyone could treat another human being like that. So, mm-hmm. and it would also, you know, get me very confused that my, this person that I love dearly would do such a thing. Um, yeah, so it, it is really hard. And to also, you know, Gosh, it's, it's even hard to say to be there for them, you know, through their <laughs> healing period. Like, I think that you could right. say a lot more about this than than we could as a psychologist. I don't know how, you know, how the, the families of these people that are getting accused and, you know, in the news, it's like there's so much shame and guilt and ugliness that is just being uh, put out there to <laughs> yeah. you know most of the public statements are like I'm so lucky that my loved ones are standing by me mm-hmm. you know and yeah. their home like crumbling and falling apart and throwing dishes against the wall and asking why or how or you know it's it's not like they're standing behind them and supporting them they're going through their own trauma this this illness and this um, some people won't see it as an illness some people will see it as aberrant behavior and a choice no matter how you look at it it affects so many more than just yourself and that victim and it it is Mm -hmm. a really tough thing reunification with family is a long drawn out important process of healing for everyone if they choose to stay in a relationship, but it does take time. I like that you pointed out the grieving period. So from the psychological perspective, we do need that time. We need that space. We need to grieve. We need to deal with our own emotions around it. And and reunification isn't overnight. So all of these statements, Remy, you were 
not impressed with a couple of public apologies, but every time I hear that, like, oh, I'm so blessed, my family, my <laughs> wife, and my children are standing behind me and, you know, and supporting me, and, you know, like, take ownership, man. Take ownership of what you just did to your whole family, too. Yeah. Like, this is tough stuff. Oh, 100%. There was a, a certain mayor in, uh, in, in our home states of Michigan over here. And, uh, he, he came on and did a, a public TV thing after, you know, it had come out that he had been having an affair and stuff and he had his wife beside him and, you know, she, they just, it, it was almost comical to see. Cause you know, you're like, this is staged and rehearsed and, and fake, but you know, they stayed together. So, um, I guess everybody has the the right to make their own choices when it comes to stuff like that. Isn't it easy? It's an it's amazing how easy it is to talk about an affair, and then we have this child molestation and yeah. you know and really unwanted rape and assault and other things. But even the the shame behind having an affair comes from that same the roots of what we're talking about as a culture of just not talking Absolutely. about sexuality and sexual development and and healthy sexuality. So I want to put you on the spot again, Remy. Okay. <laughs> you have a son. I do. You have a son. I do. Now that all of this is coming out, he's too young right now, and I well, I don't think anybody's too young to start learning because we need to just take them for their age, whether they're two or four or six or ten or whatever. But how will you teach him about healthy sexual development? And and I, I think I know you enough to know you're going to teach him about the honoring and the respecting of women and, and what have you, but how... What do you think now? You're a dad. You have a responsibility. You're the male role model. I do. And, uh, you know, I, I, we all as parents do the best we can in moment to moment and, and scenario to scenario to teach our children to, to grow up correctly and, and be good and honor and love. And, um, but yeah, he's, he's in that, uh, he's in grade school, you know, second grader getting ready for third grade next year. So, those, those feelings are going to start coming soon about, you know, he's, he's already, you can already tell he's got little crushes and things like mm. that. And that's, you know, it's an important part. That's, that's how we develop our, our sexual being is, is it starts with little crushes when you're, when you're grade school age and stuff like that. Um, you know, children have sexual feelings. It's a, you know, it's just, it's part of nature, <laughs> um, you know, and, and so the, it's, it's a very, weird topic you know how how do you sit your son down and have the birds and bees talk how do you you know uh how do you explain different things i kind of encourage him to ask questions about things i do not try to hide much for him from him if uh you know there's certain subjects that are more adult themed and stuff but i believe uh the more you communicate with your children uh the better off they are instead of trying to protect them from the adult things that exist in the world. They're yeah. going they're gonna see them, they're gonna find out about them sometime. I would rather explain it to them than not. Funny funny story, a friend of mine got a uh, a naughty Christmas sweater from her husband and it's uh, you know, uh, a couple of snow a snowman and a snow woman in some uh, provocative positions and carrots in different places. You can make up, you know, you let your imagination do the rest. <laughs> I and see she, it, do you Quincy? And, yeah, and she's got <laughs> yeah. she, she has small children. She has a like a nine year old and and then a, a couple of babies. And she's like, I'm never going to wear this sweater. You know, oh my God, I'm going to have to explain this and that to my daughter. And she's going to ask questions and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
okay, I get it, you know, and your husband's, he's laughing his butt off and he thinks it's, it's just so cute and hilarious and stuff. And it's meant to be a joke, but, um, you know, she wants to shield her children from that. And I'm like, I, I get that, you know, I would have a hard time wearing a sweater like that around my son and then having to explain what it all meant to him. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to see one of their classmates is going to do a dirty drawing or bring in a dirty picture or something like that. And so they're going to see these things eventually. Um, you encourage them to be open and honest with you and to ask questions and answer them openly and honestly. And don't hold back things, you know, teach, teach them what you believe is right and wrong and hope that they'll follow in your footsteps and even make improvements on that. I like to think, you know, I like to think that each generation can get better and better than the last. If, you know, if we try really hard to, to raise our children, right. Well, there's a, there's a, a line here. There's a continuum of protecting them at all costs, shielding them. And then there's this, um, on the other end of the uh, continuum of abdicating the responsibility like well it's not my job they'll they'll learn they'll watch from the movies they'll they'll hear it at school they'll hear it in the locker room they'll they'll you know wherever so there's there's this whole continuum of of bringing this out so that we're not afraid to talk about our sexuality i think it's an important piece so this is our invitation right right this is an invitation to talk about it and and again i just want to really reiterate with our listeners here we're not we're not minimizing what's happening on we're not minimizing with sexual molestation and and sexual assault and sexual harassment in the workplace but this conversation of healthy sexual development is important for all of us to really bring forward in a new way and create a new culture around this Hmm. yeah i agree 100 percent. yeah yeah. I think it's, it's I think what what we're talking about what's easiest for us to talk about is, you know, personal um from a personal perspective. So my personal perspective of sexual harassment, of course I'm thinking, okay, how have I let it go by? Why why don't I voice my opinion? Why don't I, you know, stand my ground and say no? You know, I'm I'm reflecting upon myself, and so therefore, like that's <laughs> kind of yeah. how our conversation, you know, goes. Yeah. Well, thank you both for being open and honest and real, authentic with me today. This is an, such an important topic, and we um, we need to continue this conversation. I just want to drop one quote in here on behalf of our victims out there, saying with great compassion and love, and, and remind you, we will be doing a, a really meaningful journey into healing this with Beautiful Compost. After the first of the year, um, go to beautifulcompost.com. But Maya Angelou said, I can be changed by what happened to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. And I love that quote. Thank you both for joining me today. I so appreciate both of you. Thank you. Likewise, I appreciate both of you as well. And thank you so much for inviting me to give my perspective on this uh, important topic. I, I hope that this is just the tip of the iceberg. And uh, as a society, we can we can change. We can eventually get to a place where we're no longer considered a rape culture. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that term in, too, because we haven't even talked about that. But that's another important piece. And and like we said, on, on college campuses, this, this, this rape culture has happened. And oof. so 
Yes, you are not what happens to you. You are what you choose to become. There's so many beautiful support systems out there for you. Let's all take this really seriously. And um, yeah, like Maya Angelou said, um, you don't refuse. Refuse to be reduced by it. Don't be reduced by this. So thank you both. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Um, You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. And remember, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.